Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. They know the ins and outs of everywhere we're going. They will protect you. Horses, run! And they just like, <laughs> block. I was like, what? <laughs> I feel like I got a great break on a used car. <laughs> I, 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 that, was, that was a great, great quote. <laughs> this is war, Marcus. Going to the bathroom. Are you in his house, you little psycho? Oh, get the get out of there! Look, it's a giant womb. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike Field, and I'm Mike Butler, and you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 150 episodes for your listening pleasure. Oh, what yeah. Is, oh, yeah. What's going on? Nothing. You know, I was just trying to be a good straight A student teaching my class how to make a nice potato clock. And then, you know, I go to this guy's house to learn how to dance and he hands me this stick. I thought it was just a cigarette, but it turns out, turns out, Mike, it was a funny cigarette. A wacky real cigarette. funny cigarette. Wacky tobacco, they call it. <laughs> That's why I, I know, man. So we're, <laughs> we are doing Reefer Madness, the movie musical. I know Butler has not seen this. I have seen this. Um, <laughs> I... You know, we'll get into it. Let me, <laughs> but before we do that, Bala, give us a little synopsis on what we're watching here. The film tells the tale of the Harper affair in which young Jimmy Harper finds his life of promise turned into a life of debauchery and murder. Thanks to the new drug menace, marijuana. <laughs> Along the way, he receives help from his girlfriend, Mary and Jesus himself, but always finds himself in the arms of the reefer man and the rest of the denizens of the reefer den. so before we get into the facts i think it's important to understand that if you do not know this already uh in the mid 30s there was a movie called reefer madness and it was a movie it was a propaganda film that was put out there that was about basically what mike just said it was about uh the government was trying to inform parents and people uh you know in in good people in good towns that uh, <laughs> that marijuana was a dangerous drug and it would cause this madness and it would cause people to be homicidal and, and, and suicidal. And I mean, it's like, I mean, I know you're all listening to me now. I'm smiling when you, when you, when you, when you listen to me talk about, I mean, you have to be like, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But yes, this movie was made. It was an, it was an hour long. And it was just such garbage. And it's just like, if you ever want to watch it, I, I recommend it because it's it, the stuff that's in this movie, the movie musical is almost taken verbatim from that. And it's so ridiculous, <laughs> so ridiculous. But anyways, that's what this movie is kind of referencing and basing itself upon. So let me, let's talk about, we'll talk about, let me give you the facts about this film and then we'll get into it again. So this is, like I said, it's called Reefer Madness, the movie musical. It's a runtime of 112 minutes. Now it's rated R. But it's also rated TVMA because this is actually another film that did not come out in theaters in America. It's actually released on Showtime. That's like Citizen X we did a long, long time ago. That was an HBO film. This is a Showtime film. So this could be a little different in terms of like money wise. In fact, there's no opening weekend. There's no domestic. There's no worldwide gross. I will say, though, I do have this movie did come out in the Czech Republic of May the 25th in 2005 <laughs> and, it, and it's opening week and it did $4,000 and uh, it took 4,000 us dollars and it's total run. It did 8,000. So it did have a release in the Czech Republic and Slovenia, I believe, but that was like in the hundreds in terms of what it made. But this <laughs> is so primary, weird. I know this is primarily a showtime film. So the note I have here, so it was, it was in at the um, Sundance film festival premiered at the Sundance film festival. And it was shown on April the 16th, I believe. Showtime purchased either Showtime put it out there or Showtime purchased it. Either one, they and then four days later, on uh, yes, you guessed it, April twentieth, four twenty. Mm. This movie was released on Showtime. <laughs> what I find um, interesting, do you know why it's not on Showtime now? Uh, probably movie rights. Who owns it now? Maybe it reverted back to uh, the original production company. Gotcha. I don't know. Okay, I don't know because it's I don't I don't know why they don't show it. I don't. I mean. 
I mean, we'll get into it. It's not like it's a, a, a pockmark on their on their uh, uh, resume. Because when I paid to rent this movie and then I saw the big Showtime logo pop up after looking for this movie on all the movie channels, I was like, what the hell? Come on. <laughs> I, I hear you. I went back to because uh, I have Showtime through Hulu. I went back to Hulu to see if it was there. But the original's there, but not this. Not so this I thought, one, yeah, exactly. This has a production budget of twenty five million dollars, uh, which has to be because of the musical numbers. Uh, oh, the sets, too. It's all yes. it's so much sets. Yeah. Uh, production company was Dead Old Man Productions, which is this this movie. This movie musical movie is actually an off Broadway play. It's actually a, a theater production. So, in the Dead Old Man Productions is the original uh, production that put on the the musical. So, as I said, it's distributed by Showtime. So, no, I, if you remember our Citizen X episode, I did give you what movies came out that weekend, just to kind of give you an idea. If people didn't want to stay home and watch a movie, they went out. So, I will right. give you that op- that weekend, the twenty second. So, on March twenty on April twenty second, excuse me. Uh, that Friday, you had a wide release of The Interpreter, A Lot Like Love, King's Ransom, and Kung Fu Hustle. I did see Kung Fu Hustle that weekend. <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle is good. Yeah. So, but that, that's what you kind of had in case you didn't want to stay home and watch this movie. You wanted to go out. That was your choice. What's this, King's Ransom? Because it sounds familiar. Uh, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot because I, 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 I don't remember. That's uh, it. Screw it. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> this, this film was directed by Andy Fickman, who's done Playing With Fire, Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, and She's the Man. Written by Kevin Murphy and Dan Studney. Now, they're a writing team. They wrote the original uh, play. They wrote the original musical. So they're a team. They're partners. In terms of like stuff they've done outside of each other's work, uh, Murphy has done the TV show Weird Science, Desperate Housewives, and The Sun more recently. Studney has done the wrote the movie Jack the Giant Slayer. He's also worked on the Weird Science show, and he also worked on the TV show Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Cinematography was uh, John Kiesier. He's done Fright Night, 1985, V.I. Warshawski, and Mrs. Parker and the Vicious Cycle, or Circle, excuse me. Uh, film score was David Manning and Nathan Wang. So I say film score because the music and lyrics are actually done by Murphy and Studney. Uh, so Manning and Wang did actually the score. Manning has done Hell's Heart. Romeo and Juliet versus the living dead, which I put mm. down there because I was like, well, I kind of want to watch that. Uh, Nathan Wong has done rumble in the Bronx and the game plan edited by Jeff Freeman. Who's done the craft cruel intentions and the first Paul Blart mall cop and produced by Rose lamb. Who's done, uh, who's done the TV show, altered carbon, the first season and the upcoming TV show, the last of us. I guess I was it's really, really hoping you'd say the upcoming third season of altered carbon. <laughs> no, <laughs> Uh, I guess I could. I don't really should say TV show. I should say streaming show, right? That's probably more accurate. The Last think. of Us. Well, Altered Carbon was a streamer. Was oh, on, that's uh, true. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, The Last of Us is going to be on HBO. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Kristen Bell is Mary Lane. She's from the TV show The Good Place. Veronica Mars, also in the movie Queen Pins, more recently. Christian Campbell is Jimmy Harper. From the TV show Teasing the TV show True Detective, Casino Jack. That's a movie and the TV show Big Love. Alan Cumming as the lecturer. He also plays like FDR in this film and a cut any place. They call him the goat man, but it's clearly Satan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like, come on. Eh? Uh, he's in the TV. He was in the TV show. Schmigadoon. And oh, no, well, it's not Satan because Satan's in the film as well. Oh, that's true. You're right. But not in the goat scene. Not when he's the goaded man. He's like Beelzebub there or something like uh, that. Yeah, they're all they're all the same. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to get <laughs> philosophical and religious here, but <laughs> coming is also in jo- Josie and the Pussycats and Circle of Friends. Anna Gasteyer, Gasteyer, excuse me, as Mae Coleman. She's in the TV show Goldberg from SNL. She's in the movie Mean Girls and more recently A Clusterfunk Christmas. Steven Weber as Jack Stone from the TV show Wings. He's also in the miniseries that they did, uh, the remake of The Shining, which they adhered more to the book. I don't mm-hmm. know. Did you see that? I did. Did you, did you like that? Uh, I liked what they did with it story-wise, but it looked too clean to be mm-hmm. really scary. It was a very TV show. Gotcha. But gotcha. I liked that they was more of the book. He's also in Single White Female. I don't know if people remember that. Nev Campbell is in this film, which I forgot, but it makes sense because she is actually the younger sister of Christian Campbell, who played Jimmy Harper. She plays, uh, she's Miss Poppy. She's obviously from Scream, Craft, the TV show House of Cards, and the movie Skyscraper. Amy Spanger as Sally. Uh, she does mostly theater. She's mostly a uh, uh, musical theater. Um, she was in the movie Schenectady, New York, but primarily her. she does a lot more theater stuff. Uh, Robert Torty as Jesus. He's in that thing you do in Race to Winch Mountain. Jesus, the Jesus scene is my favorite. I can tell you right now. That's my, uh, when he comes down, that is my favorite scene. <laughs> uh, Jack Casier as Ralph, 
who is the voice of the Crypt Keeper, which I did not know. I didn't know uh, that either. I was like, yes. oh man. He's in the Street Stooges and he does a lot of voice work for animated movies and animated TV shows. So that's primarily where he gets his, uh, uh, you know, bread buttered, I guess, if you will. Now, Bell, Kristen Bell, Christian Campbell and Robert Torty are in the original off-Broadway play. So they are reprising all their roles. The exception of Torty, who plays Jesus, he, he actually played all the characters that Stephen Weber plays. Stephen Weber plays Jack Stone, who's the uh, reefer man. He also plays a couple like in the dream sequences he plays. Torty only did Jesus. He was actually, but he was the original Jack Stone, just to throw that out there. If you didn't know that. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right. So like I said, I had seen this before. I think I actually saw this with my wife. Uh, maybe she's my girlfriend at the time, but my wife. No, she, we were married at that time. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this with my wife. We both loved it. I loved it. Uh, I, I watched it. When I was watching it again, I was just laughing because I just, the songs are funny. And it just makes me laugh. And just the ridiculousness of it makes me laugh. Um, I did. I didn't remember a lot of the movie in and of itself, so that was kind of interesting for me to revisit a lot of the stuff that happens mm-hmm. in the film. I'm curious, though, your thoughts because I don't. I was the whole time I was watching. I was going, I don't know if Butler's going to like this or not. I don't know if this is his cup of tea. So, what did you think of the film? Because this is your first time. Uh, I liked it. Okay. I thought overall it was really fun, uh, really funny, but there was never a moment where I really laughed at. Like maybe one or two moments where I actually laughed. Um, but it was funny throughout. Like I, it was a really good time. I'm shocked. You liked it when I watched really? it. I'm like, I can't believe field put this on the list. Why? Uh, I just don't know. Um, Come on, man. Why? What do you think? I, you don't think I like stuff like this? No, I, I was surprised. Man, you don't um, know what I, you don't know my film taste. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> like the over the topness with the, the marijuana or the reefer, as they kept calling it, the, the <laughs> way they play up the songs, the, uh, like, I really dug the the honesty in which they sing and dance and the way that these numbers are actually performed, even though what they're singing about is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Uh, some of the songs are really catchy and well done. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like the Mary Jane was stuck in my head the whole the whole time after I watched the movie. So that Mary Jane is called Mary Jane, Mary Lane. That song mm-hmm. was actually won an Emmy uh, for for that best song for best. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. For outstanding song. So that which is fantastic. Which I didn't know that. And I, I like that song. I like the Reefer Madness song that's sang. And I, and I could tell you, my favorite song is the Jesus song. I love when he's, I love the whole <laughs> set piece with Jesus. I think that is, like, I almost want to show that to some people and be like, what do you think of this? Because I know they won't like it, but I just, it's so <laughs> fun. I love it. I love the Jesus scene. <laughs> I like, uh, oh, the stranger in the manger. That yes. was like, I had to write that line down. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really fun. A lot of it reminded me of another off-Broadway show, which was out around the same time, um, which was The Evil Dead, the musical. Mm-hmm. It's very similarly done in that kind of earnest, very serious kind of like they're singing, they're putting work into it, uh, but it's over the top. It's violent. It's ridiculous. Uh, and they're playing it like a 1950s type musical. Uh, so I always, I I love that musical. I saw it on Broadway. I thought it was phenomenal. And this gave me huge vibes for that. So I I thought that was great. I love how messed up it goes it really descends into madness as you get further in the film right yeah and i think that's I think, something yeah yeah go yeah. ahead i'm sorry go christian ahead. campbell does a great job uh as the main character you know from a guy like i really haven't seen him in anything he's mostly uh, theater as well yeah he's a he's a theater guy as well uh so i think that a lot of that's tough because a lot i can't get a lot of theater credits uh i'm try try to find them but he's mostly a stage guy, which is yeah. which is honestly great. Good for him. That's fan. He's a, I, I don't. It says that he is an accomplished singer, but I couldn't see if he had like any albums or anything like that. So it's probably all on musicals. Maybe he did. Sure, he's got a but, great voice. Yeah, like I think he played the straight lace guy he starts out as, and the the guy high on reefer madness. I think mm-hmm. he plays that really, really well. And Stephen Weber is so yes. good. Steven Weber is somebody that like, I just doesn't get enough credit. Like I love wings yep. and he's wings a big part of wings and he just never gets enough credit. Cause he is really funny. He's got great comic timing. He's, he's great as the reefer man. in this as great as Jack stone. Um, like he's to see in the funny papers, like he's got a bunch of lines that are great. <laughs> and, uh, um, but like to your point about Christian Campbell, like when he, when Jimmy is, when they start doing the song where he's going into reefer madness and he's smoking and they, like, they drag him in when he comes out of the classroom and he's all like disheveled and he's shaking and he's like oh, trying yeah. to walk. Like I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. I'm like, it's just ridiculous. Tumbling over the garbage can and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, uh, 
Oh, you want to kiss? I'll give you a kiss. And he like jumps. <laughs> that's the, Jimmy, that's tongue. That's tongue. <laughs> I, uh, I think what helps this film a lot is that you have a lot of the original cast members from the, the, the production, the state off Broadway production. So you have people familiar with it. They've made it their own. Like they're the characters like Christian Bell is Mary Lane. You know, yep. Campbell is Jimmy Harper. I think that helps this film a lot. Uh, whereas if you did, if you just had other people coming in, which they, which you've seen other films, they do that like rock of ages or other movie musicals where there's just, they just get big time actors to come in and do it. And while they're good, while it's fine. Right. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, this film has, uh, is it's, it's great to like, they really own the characters and own the parts. Like you say, like, you know, you know, they're singing and dancing and you're like in a, you're, you're all in because it just sounds and looks fantastic. They also have the, I don't want to say responsibility, but if it was a, play that capitulated them to some kind of, you know, extra work or stardom, like a play that they'd probably want to work their hardest on as well. The effort that they would put into it would be higher than not like you said, rock of ages, not that Tom Cruise isn't awesome in rock of ages. Cause he is, Listen, but I, I, they would I actually, want to put more effort into yeah, it. I actually, my, my wife doesn't understand why I like rock of ages so much. I said, I don't know. Cause I like the songs. Rock of Ages is good. I know. She doesn't. She's like, why do you keep watching this film? I go, well, it's on and I'm going to sit here and listen to the music. And that's fine. It's Tom Cruise's when he sings his whole uh, Wanted Dead or Alive stuff. It's like, it's it's fantastic. The Alec Baldwin uh, love song they sing. Uh, yeah. So good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we're now we're talking about Rock of Ages. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't, don't die. Don't, don't die. Don't die. Talk about I got that reefer madness. <laughs> that you know what's funny is when you first meet Jimmy and then when what's his face the Ralph because Ralph's the one Ralph, that you yep. first see you smoking and he's like laughing maniacally and then Jimmy starts laughing crazy like I can understand people watching this film going like Jesus these guys are over the top but when you watch the original and you watch the original Reefer Madness that they put out there for the mid 30s like that's what they're doing in that film it is so ridiculous that it's like you may watch if you watch this first and you're like, God, this is so stupid. But if you go back and watch the original, it's like, holy crap, they're doing like what? That is even worse because <laughs> they're trying to be serious. So uh, that so uh, that that to me, like I don't give like so when they're laughing hysterically and maniacally, I don't really like it doesn't bother me because I know that it's like, Jesus, that's just like the original. And it's just such a joke that like that was like that 30s movie was legit put out there like that. Like, you know, this is what's happening to your children. Well, what helps is also the uh, the cutaways to the classroom where they're watching because this is you're, we're watching yeah. a film within a film, yes. and I think those cutaways really help to elaborate the ridiculousness. Like when the one guy gets up and goes, "I I, I don't think this is right. Uh, my wife's cousin died a heroin overdose, and you know I think that's much more addictive than marijuana." And I think that kind of ties into the ridiculousness of it, but then also ties into that hysteria of the time of. What's your last name again? Chaminsky? Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah. Russian. Russian? Pol Polish. No, it's Polish. Polish. Yeah. Polish. But what's Where funny did is you that matriculate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what's funny about that too is is how uh, that's the lectures played by Alan Cumming is how that's almost relevant to today in terms of how he's talking about the economy's tanking and you know and he took like, the same thing. Yeah, you know, it's just like it. it you really sit there and go like, Jesus, we just say the same things over and over again. We just have the same concerns and, com and complaints and worries over and over again. Where the part where he goes like when he when he when he talks to him about how heroin, as you talked about, was was far worse. And he's like and he pulls out the note cards. And he's William Randolph Hearst in his uh, San Francisco Chronicle says and he puts that ridiculous right, fact yeah. about marijuana. Are you it's in the paper. You it must be true. Like that whole thing. It's just like, yep. holy crap. <laughs> With this president that's currently in office, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's just, just like it's, all of it is just like yeah. wow, it, 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 unintentional, intentional. That's just we, you know, history repeats itself. Like that kind of stuff. It's just it's oh, it's eye opening in terms of just that segment right there. That in, in that part of the movie, absolutely. Mm -hmm. The Asians eating babies part. I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was gonna ask you about the whole thing where she she sells. She sells the baby to the, um, it's like a, what, like a, not a, like a hop den or something like that. Right. Like a, like a Chinese a, opium den. It looks, right, as well, right. looks like, yeah. So, and so you have the guy who you have the guy, you know, speaking in a very inflected Asian accent, which is actually, what's his face. It's actually Kassir doing that, doing that, oh, doing really? that voice. Yeah. 
So, I mean, on one hand, I understand it because that's how the level of insanity that you had back then in terms right. of people, what they were saying, you know, so in this film now, I know it's very sensitive now. I mean, I, you probably don't have that now, but I don't, I, I understand why it's in there because just because that's what they were saying. That's what people, yeah. that, you know what I mean? I think it, four years ago, I would have been like, oh, that's kind of funny how ridiculous that is. But like mm-hmm. 2022 lens, I was like, that might be a little too much. That might, that might be the one point where I was like, oh, I don't know if I'd had that in there. So that's too much. But the animated version of Jimmy having sex with the brownie isn't too much. Is that uh, what we're saying? That also kind of <laughs> drew a line. But that was so funny. I oh, was, was like, great. That, I thought that was awesome. I was my, not expecting the animated thing. My note was like, he's banging the brownie. Oh, boy. Love it. <laughs> and he's really going into it at the end when the curtains close. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. I like, I even like, cause that's like right before one of my favorite parts of the movie is just like, I'm done when Jimmy's like telling uh, Jack Stone, I'm <laughs> done smoking. He's like, all right, kid, I hear you like brownies and it's covered in like grass. You know, basically. Like, sure. I'm, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> Baked it myself. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and he's back to smoking it and puffing it. Yeah. <laughs> She's got uh, the steak and a gas tires character has the steak on her head. Mm-hmm. And Ralph just takes it off and he's starting to chew the raw steak like an animal. Yeah. yeah. And then he tries to, uh, the whole scene with uh, Mary, when he tries to put the moves on her, it gets her on the, uh, has her smoking marijuana. And then she just kind of turns the tables on him. And she's he's a just dominatrix like, when she's right, kinky. She's yeah. like running away from Yeah. Yeah. That, that was Where great, are you going? Yeah. We're not done yet. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the lines I liked in this film were from Sally. What was she was uh, in the beginning when she wakes up after they had their night of debauchery and she was like, I was in more laps than a napkin. (laughs) (laughs) So she does that. Or then she has they they try to have her go turn to to go entice Jimmy or or to kind of like, you know, turn him on. And she's like, if I can't turn him on, he ain't got switches. Yeah, yeah. there's just a lot of she had a lot of lines that were that, that made me laugh that were funny. But the whole movie's like that. Uh, I mean, I like Prologue when uh, <laughs> Christian Bell's character is trying to talk about Shakespeare. Or the whole Shakespeare song. R- yeah, uh, or the whole song Romeo about how they're Romeo and Juliet and they haven't finished it and <laughs> they're getting married. Like, I'm sure it ends up well. And like the guy's playing Shakespeare's like, wait, no, no, no. no. Yeah, no. Like he's like shaking his head. He's like, like no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, the probably the funniest part in the movie is when Anna Gassar is doing her song and she belts out the window uh, when Jack gets stoned and rapes me. Yeah. Like her big refrain and the entire town turns around and looks at her. The milkman spills everything. I was like, holy crap. And that's early on in the movie, too. I was like, this is going to go some places. Oh, yeah. That's, I thought that that's, was awesome. That's the also the one thing in this film that it, like we, we kind of briefly touched on it before is that it doesn't let up in terms of how far it goes. I think it, I think which it doesn't just no happy ending. There's no kind of like you almost felt like if it was going to like they were going to have one part of the the story was the lecturer telling the story of this town. And then at some point it was going to turn the tables on him and you were going to get the legit story. You know what I mean? Like you were going to get real and and you didn't. So it keeps going, keeps going all in through its surrealistic and absurdist nature. And I think that that's a big thing in this movie that I appreciated that it just it stuck to its guns and stuck with it. Yep. And I think, you know, I think and in in terms of in musical theater and on the stage, I think it's easier to do that. But when you when you adapt it for the for uh, a feature film. Yep. Yeah. I think there's a tendency for people to be like, wait a minute, maybe people aren't going to understand it. So maybe we should kind of change it a little bit. And I'm glad they didn't. Now, this is probably why you have it on Showtime. That's what I was going to say. If it was in theaters, why, it might be different. Right. But this is the type of film that. I hope people would watch, go back and watch again and be like, wow, this is like really appreciated for what it is. Yep. You know what I mean? I, and I think that I, I, I hope people will go back. I know a lot of people that have seen this film that love it. Uh, I, I haven't, I don't know anybody that's seen this film and didn't like it. Now that, that means that some people just don't, I don't want to watch that. They'll look stupid. That kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But, uh, but it's just, uh, it's a movie that maybe will achieve some kind of cult status. Maybe we're not there yet. Uh, but I, I hope think it would help. It, it was still free somewhere and available for streaming. I kind of, I kind of wish it was a movie that got a re-release, like a TCM re-release, or just was put out there, because the original Reefer Madness is awful. It, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like you know, if we're going to capitalize on something that was just a stupid and awful thing to put out there, let's capitalize on something that's calling it calling BS on that. 
uh, calling BS on that whole movie and doing it in a way that like, do you think, let me ask you this. Let me, let, how about this? Do you think when somebody watches this film, do you think that there's, there's a possibility that they're not going to get the joke, that they're not going to get the insanity of what they're trying to do here? Do you think that that's possible? Um, no, I think even the biggest anti-marijuana critic is going to watch this film and realize that they're poking fun. I, I think I mean, it'd be really hard pressed to go. Yes, they're they're really doing it. I mean, I'd like to think that there's still not people out there that believe what this movie's making fun of in terms of. Oh, you know, I'm sure there absolutely is. Oh uh, except for the fact that it turns you in maniacal because clearly it does the exact opposite. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, did, did you like the Jesus song? Cause I just want to talk about that song again. <laughs> I liked it. I didn't think it was as me- like, it's not like it wasn't memorable. I thought it was funny. It's not as catchy as the other songs, mm-hmm. maybe because it's got a lot of lyrics. It comes at you fast with a lot of lines that are pretty good mm-hmm. and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of very like subset, like very Jesusy lines. Yes. <laughs> um, but That's why I, I love it. That's why I love it. So I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but I think I would need to watch it each time to really enjoy it. Whereas like the Mary Jane song or Mary Lane is just like a good overall, like it's a catchy tune. Oh, sure. Uh, but the Jesus part is just absolutely ridiculous. It reminded me of like Bill and Ted, uh, like bogus journey kind of over the topness, which I really appreciated. Well, I love when he's singing with the with the microphone and he puts it in the chalice and he's like putting it out like he's putting holy water. Oh, in I love that. Like, yep. And he's dipping and it out to people. Yeah. And he's flinging the Eucharist yep. everywhere. He's just like, yeah, what's up? I'm just like, come on, man. This is fantastic. He's making Jimmy eat it and Jimmy's just kind of like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when he gets off the cross in the beginning, his one hand Oh, his hand stuck? Yeah, he's just like, putting it on. <laughs> one of the lines talks about stigmata. I thought I was like, oh, this is awesome. There's, the angels say of, something really funny too, right? Ah, uh, there. Yeah, the whole the whole thing's got just like, it, it's just got so many Bible references and just it's just it's just a, a really fun fun song. Yeah, like I'm surprised I haven't heard this that song or any song from this film other places other and other you know what I mean. Other people use doing the songs. Uh, I'm surprised because they're very like you said they're very catchy and they're very right. funny. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're, they're just, sometimes you get some of these musicals that you watch and you're like, eh, those songs are all right. One, one song maybe is catchy. Like there are a lot of songs in this film that are just like catchy. Yep. Uh, so, so I'm very surprised it's, it's not something that, I mean, I guess you're not going to have a high school place. They're not going to put this on. It's no. too, it's too severe. They wouldn't be able to do that. Although like the Reefer Madness song, cause it's kind of about zombies. I'm surprised you don't hear that. in like Halloween sounds like. I would think that would be included when you go into Halloween stores and stuff. And right. it's very much like a zombie song. Right. Uh, right. So I'm surprised that song hasn't caught on. Cause I was like, so, oh, that's kind of a catchy Halloween tune. <laughs> so one of the notes I have here uh, about the, the production. So just I copied and pasted this note cause it was so long, but <laughs> the, the process of creating the dances was elaborate. It was complex. It was very collaborative and involved. Uh, like everyone from the director to the production designer, costume designer, like the, the cinematographer, they all had to get together to, to, to kind of figure out these dances and these, and these scenes. And there's different styles of dances that, that go from swing to Bob Fosse inspired jazz to Bollywood, to hip hop, to Las Vegas type show dancing. So there's so many different styles of dancing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they, they auditioned over 400 dancers just to find 30 for the final production. Now the scene that I think of when I read that note, is the scene in the diner with Miss Poppy with Nev Campbell's oh, character. Oh, that is a complex dance, yep. Right? And there are like serious moves in that. Uh, and it's just, it's, you know, bleeding in and out. It's a big production number and it's good. It's really, really solid. Well, that's where, like, well, I said, like the earnestness, like the honesty in which they are doing this musical. It's not just, we're doing this musical, ha, ha, ha. It's an honest to goodness musical with all the effort and care put into it that any other musical would have. Mm-hmm. That isn't a parody. That 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 sincerity to it and that number is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that Neff Campbell's in this, and they. So her star was on obviously because it was after Scream. They wanted to give her a bigger role, but it's like they were gonna put her for Sally or or for. Um, uh, Mary. Kristen Bell's Mary, but it's like 
she's Christian Campbell's sister. sister. So it's like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. That would have been, plus it's not, I'm glad they didn't because it's like, why, why would you even think that she didn't even play that character on the stage? So why would you even put her in the characters that she did? Put her in the one role. She's in one scene. She's in her a couple of times. Good and done. You're there. You go. I think I, it's. I, I think it's also more interesting when she's playing a smaller role. Yeah. Well, she's it's, like, it's, oh it's, wow, it's she's a, in a smaller. Role. Okay. That's a little cameo. You know, yeah. she's in there. Then when you find out that you know they're related, so it's like, okay, so she did this. You know, brother. You know, working with her brother. That's great. You know, that's fine. And she doesn't need to be the lead in this film. Right. She also probably maybe a little too old at that point already to be. Kristen Bell's character. How old do you think that she is in Scream? The Scream was what, 96? Yeah, I feel like she's probably maybe a couple years older than Kristen Bell, who's 25 when she filmed this, probably. So, well, she's his younger, she, he's her older brother. Oh, you did say that. Yeah. So he's probably yeah, in his, like, yeah. I mean, whatever. Some people just don't age. Like <laughs> <laughs> the Highlander. Oh, there can only be one. Listen, if I got to cut off some heads, I got to cut off some heads. <laughs> this just has to be done. <laughs> so the DVD came out in 2005. The reason why I tell you this is because when the DVD came out, the case intentionally smells like brownies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a joke. So I kind of want to get this film because I want to see if that's true. <laughs> You're looking at a 15 years or 17 years later. Is it still going to smell like brownies? That's some of the scratch and sniff stuff still still smells. That stuff still works. All right. You're going to have to go for I, it. I still have that stupid despicable me banana gun they put out there. The, the fart gun that when you, when you pump it and you push it out, it's supposed to smell like bananas. And it does. <laughs> it still smells like banana. I wonder if I still have that. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's weird that I, that I came up with that. <laughs> So the high school was named, I assume the high school that the people are in in the beginning, the parents, not the high school that, you know, the fictional town that the, the, the story belongs in. I'm not sure which high school, but the high school is named after Harry Anslinger, who was the first commissioner of U.S. Bureau of Narcotics uh, in 1932 because he is known as the father of the drug war. So he is <laughs> obviously the one who spurred ahead, spurred this reefer madness movie, if, if you will. Reefer Madness, Reefer Madness. There you go. There you go, brother. I thought the high school looked a lot like Sunnydale, especially in the main when they're in the main hall and there's the uh, staircase going down with the window behind it. I was like, that might be Sunnydale from Buffy. Well, if they shot in Vancouver, it would be. But this movie shot in Vancouver, so. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> they all, all the high schools look the same. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about accents a lot. And I got to say, like Alan Cumming. He does an amazing American accent. This is like one of like, uh, this has got to be my fourth or fifth time with him doing an American accent. You can't hit, detect a hint of Scottish like in his voice at all. I think he does a fantastic job and he's got to sing and talk in an American accent. I always think he does a great job with an American accent. What do you attribute that to? Do you attribute that to that because he's primarily from the stage and that involves a lot of instruction and a lot, a lot of, you know, uh, not training. Uh, yeah. Training and just kind of like discipline for that I kind think, of stuff. I think so. I think all the singing helps too. Cause you usually sing without an accent. Um, but yeah, I, th I think that helps tremendously. And I think it is his, his stage training for sure. Because a lot of the stuff you're going to do on stage also is going to be, you know, modern stuff's going to be more American plays, I think. So you kind of train even like in school, he probably mostly did American plays. That's that's probably true. Do you think an American accent is easier for someone uh, uh, who is not a, who's not English speaking or not American born uh, can, is easier for them to do rather than the other way around than us doing an American doing like an English or a Scottish accent? I think a little bit. Yeah, because I think they're a little bit more. We put out so much pop culture and we put out so much content in America that I think it just proliferates everything. So they get a lot more of that. And I think our accent is also, at least on film and on TV, very specific. It is a very like straight line, kind of like normal baseline American accent. You know, you're not doing New York all the time. You're not doing, you know, Chicago. You're not doing Jersey or Massachusetts or Boston all the time or Southern. That's just baseline American accent. And I think that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, I mean, we're talking about Alan Cumming, who's 
an accomplished performer, accomplished theater actor, an accomplished sure. singer, accomplished, uh, you know, film actor, TV actor. He's in a lot of stuff, not just movies and TVs. He's in a lot of theater productions. So I think we're talking about somebody who is probably at the top of his game. Uh, so, I mean, that's probably something else to consider as well. Sure. I mean, he, you're right, though. He is very strong in this film. Uh, he, he, you know, he has that. When he's FDR and he makes the uh, Annie reference, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Everyone's just looking at him like, uh. <laughs> I thought that was good too. But yeah, no, he's and he, and he plays different roles. Like we said, he plays the goaded man or the goat man or whatever. And uh, when, he, when, he the has janitor. The giant, when he has the giant torch and you think that that torch is going to go right up Christian Campbell. And he oh, yeah. The thing. Yeah, I thought that was great though. <laughs> uh. Melt resistance down like hot Velveeta. It's one of my favorite lines. I was like, all right. What, yeah. else, what else you got? I gave you all my lines. What other lines do you like? Uh, I like the line from the Romeo and Juliet song when uh, she's dying. We're happy, young, and hemorrhaging blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was really good. Yeah, that's that's pretty much like the lines that I really liked. Obviously, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, seeing the funny papers, I thought that was yeah. really good. He said that a couple of times too. He does. One of my favorite little parts in the movie that made me laugh is probably the most just absolutely like insensitive, like terrible part where they've decided reefer is bad and they're going out and they're marching with their tiki torches. And then the black family comes out, the kid walks oh, out yeah. to go see what they're doing. And the black family's like, no, get outside. Yeah. yeah I was like, oh yeah. man, it was so wrong. It made me laugh though. I was, I I was cracking you. up. <laughs> <laughs> So writing partners Kevin Murphy and Dan Studnik actually came up with the idea for the musical on a road trip between Oakland and Los Angeles. So they're driving to Los Angeles and they came, they're like, just, I guess this came to them. And by the time they got to Los Angeles, they already had the first song written. I don't know which that song that was, but you know, when you get that kind of inspiration and you, and I mean, I've been there, we've all been there when you're in, in when you're in the creative field or anything right. and you get to get a great idea and you just start working on it. It's just like, it's almost like it's so, it makes so much sense when you're putting together. I mean, that's like a really good feeling. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if that was the same type of feeling they had when they put this together. Yeah. I mean, that's like, it just clicks mm-hmm. and you're like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> So we do you reefer think, madness because oh. the line is just reefer madness. <laughs> you think that you think they just did the opening opening line? Opening uh, I song? think that'd be the easiest and also a good inspiration that would follow the rest of what the uh, musical is going to be. Do you think this movie should be remade or it should come back? Like I, I talked about having a re-release, like showing it again. But do you, what about a reboot or a remake? I don't know. Kristen Bell's still a big actress. She's bigger now than she, she was. She won't do this. I'm not saying redo it. I'm saying you yeah. don't need to because she's such a big act- actress. I think you just need to get it out there again. I think right. this needs to go to maybe back to Showtime, although that's not huge. Um, or back to or put it on Netflix or Amazon Prime for free instead of the stupid freebie thing it's got it on. You know, put it out there where more people can get to it. Do like a... I mean, we're at 15 years now or 17 years. So we're getting three years, get close to the 20th. And then you can re-release it there as well. But I think you yeah. can absolutely, you know, re-release this and it would still be funny. It still holds up. I'm surprised how good it looks for something from 2005. It's like, it looked good on my TV. Yeah, well, it's well lit. It's yeah. evenly lit. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no, I watched this on freebie, which mean I had to watch and I don't watch ads every 10 minutes, which was annoying. Every 10 minutes. Yeah, Damn. it was kind of annoying. It was, and what some of it would be like three ads, and then others would be five. And it's just like, come on, uh, it's like not making me want to stay on this channel. <laughs> <laughs> I paid two dollars for my Amazon rental. Uh, see, free, yeah, well, freebie is owned by Amazon. Yeah, so that's, I, that's why the rental was cheaper on Amazon. I usually rent it right from Xbox or PlayStation. Here's something to consider: can depend can. Thinking about how many, how much they charge people for ads, do you think I made them more money watching it on freebie, or you made them more money renting it for two ninety nine? I think I made them more money renting it for two ninety nine. Think so? You I think, think that, yeah, per that, person, yeah, yeah. I think I, I probably did. You probably got fifty percent what I got. Hmm. Interesting. It's like that's a good. That's a, that's actually something that's really. I don't know how I could look into that, but that's really interesting to understand. If if that like what's what's more profitable for Amazon? You have Watching to get their numbers, there? and they're always so close guarded about what everybody's numbers are. 
especially Netflix, but everybody else is too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that this film, like, like you don't have to name names, mm. the people that you know, do you think that most of the people, you know, if you, Hey, let's watch this film. Do you think that they would like it? They wouldn't like it. Why? Why not? <laughs> Has Elise seen this? I think she's seen it. She's got a pretty big Chris and Bell crush, so I think she saw it. Uh, honestly, like back in the day, I almost watched it when you know you see her in her uh, the outfits. You know, back in high school, this was high keep school, it, man. Keep it, keep um, it, keep it PG. Keep it. But PG. I know Elise is pretty obsessed with Kristen Bell as well, so I think I'm pretty sure she watched it. Is, is Kristen Bell on her like you know her laminated list of oh, five? Oh, I think it's at the top five. Yeah. Interesting. Can, can, can we can, can we find out the names? Can we find out the other people? I can try to. I'll, let's see if I can find, grab the list. <laughs> um, but no, I think Elise would love this. She loves the Evil Dead musical and stuff like that as well. Sure. But I think, like even my buddy Dave really likes musicals like Doctor Horrible. Like the I don't think he's seen the Evil Dead musical, but he would. But like <clears throat> musicals like this that are just so funny and have so many jokes and are so catchy, I, I think they speak to everybody because even if you don't usually like musicals. Mm -hmm. The comedy comes at you uh, like so quick, even if nothing, mm -hmm. like I said, was like super laugh out loud. I had a smile on my face the entire movie. And I think that's I'd be hard pressed to find somebody who didn't have the same reaction. I didn't find the songs at least somewhat catchy, even if they don't like musicals, just the music would be something to just keep their attention. Like, I think this this works. Something to consider about the others two, the, the two that you mentioned, which Dr. Horrible and then. um Evil Dead is that they're both well, Evil Dead more so than the other. Evil Dead's got an IP that it's already based upon that people know about. Sure. Uh, so it's got that that kind of backlog of fandom. So you're gonna get that initially coming in. And Doctor Horrible has you know it's when Joss Whedon was huge. Joss Whedon still got Neil Patrick Harris. Right. Uh, Nathan Fillion. You know, you've got people that are super popular, super uh, people like, oh, my God. And, and it was like it was like new it was when like web series were first thing, the, the big thing. And it was also during the writer's strike. So it was the only right. new thing was, you could watch. Right. <laughs> so there was a lot going on for that. I mean, this one just kind of like came out as is. There yes. was no big fanfare. It was no, uh, you know, oh, my God, it, the hit off Broadway play. And, well, you know, people didn't know about it. I do remember for a Showtime movie, there were ads on almost every network. Because I remember the commercials pretty well for this. So that was kind of surprising. That's good. I wonder if this movie came out now new. Like not, um, like there was no 2005 version. Like same same version, but it's it's this it's now. I wonder if this would get a bigger reception with the streaming networks, with streamers. You know what I mean? Like it would be a big deal. Absolutely. In that market uh, because so, it's. With Twitter? With Twitter now? Hashtag Mary Jane, Mary Lane, hashtag, you know, well, you can, you see can in get the funny papers. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can get a lot of that going on. You'd get that word of mouth with the social media it's so much quicker now. I mm. think that it would be on the front page of Netflix, you know, top one. You know, being on Showtime back before Showtime was streaming, you have to watch it at exactly the time that it was on mm. or to find a repeat, which I think we talked about during Citizen X. Um, it's that you had to have caught it. Mm -hmm. But if Citizen X, which again, Citizen X is my top three movies I haven't seen on Forgotten Cinema that I love. Uh, Ooh, what are the other two? Or we uh, just, just throw that number out there. I just kind of threw it out there. But Strange Days yeah. is definitely number one. Citizen X is probably number two. Nice. I think that Showtime being streaming now would have helped even even now today. So I think mm -hmm. if it came out today, I think that would help because it's more kind of the opposite of what we usually say to movies that are forgotten that you can't see it in the video stores you can't find it anymore that being so late but yet too early in the game for streaming it would have helped to put it on a showtime streamer now a netflix streamer now amazon prime now you know stuff like that would have it would have helped it a lot mm -hmm. and the see, availability of marketing now is just it's everywhere yeah. well and also it work work it's a content rich neighborhood right now there's so much content out there. I mean, there's an argument which is valid, which I've made. Is too that much content. There is too you much content. You can't watch it all. Because you're, and you're getting a lot of mediocre content that's for the sake of we need to have something that is talked about as ter in terms of being like, oh, this is the best. Like you have mediocre content. Peacock. <laughs> un un I meant content, not networks. So <laughs> content that's unfairly given like accolades and you have 
you know, it's just it's too much in the middle. There's yeah. too much. There's too much content where like you watch a six episode series and three of the episodes are, are garbage, but like the other three are okay. So it makes up for it. It's like that's not acceptable. Right. You know, so, but, but there, you like I said, just well, that's a different conversation. But what I was going <laughs> to say, what I was going to before was that I don't think that I can recommend this to people that I don't think will get the joke or casual moviegoers. I think this is uh, like it, it needs to be people that have my same sensibility. Do you really think people won't get the joke? I don't, not that they won't get it, but they won't think, they won't think it's as funny as I think it is. Or they won't think it's like you know what I mean. Like okay, like uh, this this kills me when I sit when I would be like when if I said hey so you should check this out I think it's hilarious. Like I'm not going to recommend something, and I'm not going to say I think it's hilarious unless it's hilarious. And they come back and like yeah it was okay. Like that kind of stuff that like bothers me. I'm like I'm not going to recommend a movie forever again. Like you know like that kind of thing. <laughs> so I think it has. I think that this movie would strike a chord with people that have the same sensibility as I do, uh, or as we do. I just don't like, cause my sense of humor is very dark. Not, you know, that's, it's dark. And you know, I like stuff that's, you know, inappropriate, but funny, but I sure. like stuff that I, I like stuff that's not the norm. And, and, uh, and even, you know, so I know that that's a different sensibility than a lot of regular audience goers. So I don't know if I would recommend it to a lot of regular audience goers. Do you think the comedy is that dark though? Other than a couple of moments that are a little passe, you know, 15 years on, For I don't me? know that the comedy's, Super dark for you. I've seen you darker. Think it's, do you think it's dark for other people? Because I don't think it's yes. very dark. I think it's kind of lighthearted. I think I don't think I think people take a lot of that stuff seriously. Like the, the, the whole fact that, you know, she gets shot and, you know, there's you know, he's homicidal. They run over that bum. The bum starts singing in the middle of the movie. Uh, you know, when they're you know, that whole thing where they're chasing him down the whole thing with the, the zombies in the beginning. I mean, like, again. In the movie when she sells the baby to the Asian man. Yeah. And then in the classroom, they're all watching it and they all turn to the one Asian woman that's in their classroom and she oh, like I'm starts shrinking in yeah, her chair. Yeah, I said the one to two moments. Yeah. Like no, that, no, no, I the know black that. family running in. Right, yeah. right. But I, I think that people are, would get turned off by that because I, I think people don't understand what's going on there. I think they assume it's something extremely negative and it's not. It's making fun of people that, that think that's, you know, that, sure. that don't understand like when you see middle-aged white people with you know, pitchforks and, and, and torches, you know, it's like, that's a, that's a disgusting image that, you know, like it plays yeah. for laughs. Yes. But again, that just goes to our humor. Um, but like, yeah, no, I don't think people would get the joke. I don't think people would understand it that much. I, I, I I've seen Mike, I've seen know. stuff that's really dark that the pales in this pales in that comparison agreed. But I think that my level is different than other people's level. I don't know. I think other than a lot of overly sensitive people, I think this would hit a lot of buttons that people would like. There's a lot of overly sensitive people out there. Right? Well, they need to watch <laughs> Meet the Feebles. Oh, no. That's another thing. Yeah. You want to talk about dark? Yeah. That's another thing. Holy crap. I mean, I still like it, but yeah, that's dark as heck. <laughs> I mean, like there'd be people that would be offended by the Jesus song. Oh, that absolutely would be. And I would and love, I love it. it. Uh, that's, I just told you how that's my favorite I, part of the movie. I would absolutely show it to those people on purpose just to eat it oh, up. Just well, mm, of mm, course. Mm, yeah. chef's kiss. Look at him throw the Eucharist at him. He doesn't care. <laughs> that's, that's, that's sacrilegious. And I'd be like, you right. You damn right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, so well, I eat the I wafers with- in front of them like it's like chips. <laughs> so we kind of talk about we've kind of talked around the issue. Give me like a brief thing why you think maybe it's forgotten real quick. Just sum it up because we've already kind of talked about it. I think it's a Showtime movie that's not still on Showtime. And Showtime is a decent sized streamer now. You you might get a decent word of mouth if it was still on Showtime. Uh, Amazon bought it and then put it on stupid freebie, a.k.a. IMDb Pro when it, or TV when it was IMDb. IMDb. Like, it just doesn't make sense that it's not available to stream anymore. And I think that hurts it. Being available on any streamer, like Showtime's not small potatoes, uh, would help. And I think having it not readily available uh, in this day and age is is a negative because Kristen Bell's star is pretty big, especially her in a musical. I think that would – anybody who liked Frozen that's not a child would want to maybe listen to more of her musical stuff. She's pretty good in this movie, especially singing-wise. Uh, I think that were it not behind a paywall – at this point in time, this movie might do a lot better. Mm-hmm. It's funny and it still holds up and it still looks really good. I think yeah. that's the main reason it has disappeared. 
Agreed. I mean, there's not much else you can say. I, I agree with you on all that. I mean, I'd love to see it come back uh, in some form. I'd love to see more people watch it. Uh, I mean, I can't really go tell people to go watch it on freebie because I don't want to watch the ads. So why would I want uh, them every to watch the ads? Every 10 minutes is that's excessive. I'd have to I'd have to explain. OK, well, you go to your Roku and it's there. <laughs> and you just click. I have to explain how to download the freaking thing. So, yeah, no, I agree. Go buy the box set, the DVD with the smells like brownie so we can we can all discover. True. <laughs> <laughs> Where can they find us? You can find us on ForgottenEntertainment.com or ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Uh, we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. So if you're there. Go check out all the other great podcasts and videos we do for you guys. Uh, we are also on the social medias, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, on the lobby. Let us know if you've seen Reefer Madness, if you'd like to watch it on Freebie with an ad every 10 minutes. Uh, it's still <laughs> worth watching. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, and maybe some other ridiculous musicals that you guys might like that are uh, similar in tone. Because no, I Reefer do Madness like some be- good musicals. Reefer Madness would be a good movie musical, kind of like when you watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like you go and watch it in the theater with people and just sing the songs with it. That would that would definitely be a good experience. Some of the songs do give me pretty big Rocky Horror vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. So join us next week as we wrap up season 13. Did I get that right? Season yeah, 13 season is 13. the season. We're going to be doing a movie that people are going to tell us it's not forgotten. So whatever. We're doing the 2002 Minority <laughs> Report. <laughs> I don't, why did we pick this film? Because Tom Cruise is in it. <laughs> it was the last we've done his entire filmography field this is the last one uh, no I put we haven't done any of the Mission Impossibles you guys remember those right <laughs> uh, I put this on the list and we'll talk about it to, uh, next week on why I think it's yeah. forgotten get, everyone get your six sticks we're gonna be watching some Minority Report <laughs> 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 alright everyone have a great week I'm Mike Phil I'm Mike Butler and this has been Forgotten Cinema Reefer Madness Reefer Madness Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codenamed Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codenamed Arate. I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer in Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.